you're listening to the Main Event Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Roy Flash Gordon. I'm a fitness professional, pro wrestler, and coach, and I created this podcast to help people get off their asses, become their future fearless selves, and start living the lives they've always wanted. Each week, I bring topics and thoughts to the table that will not only help you redesign your mindset and step into the main event of your life, but also help you become a better person, not only for yourself, but for the people in your life and this world we live in. Hello, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Main Event Mindset Podcast. I'm Roy Flash Gordon, your host, and if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me, I'd appreciate it, just making sure you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to get over your fears of anything really, but specifically rejection, check out my Rejection Remedy Guide, and the link is in the description for this episode. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and continue my series of interviews doing every other week on Main Event Mindset for the time being. Um, And we're going to check out one of my... mm, He's so many things to me. He's been uh, a friend, a teacher, a mentor, an example of how to be a good uncle, and of course, a sweet, sweet hermano. (laughs) His name's Doug Simmons. We're going to check out Doug. He is a trainer in the area. He's also a professional wrestler, been in the business for uh, probably more years than I've been alive. You wouldn't be able to tell because he's super jacked, ripped, and young looking, and he's just always a good time. So much respect for this guy. So we're going to hop right into it. Here is my interview with Doug Simmons. How's life? Busy, man. I, You know, it's one of those things that be careful what you ask for because you might get it. Mm-hmm. And I got it. I got it. Roy, I never thought I would be like, it's just, you know what the, and I, this sounds fucked up and you got to be careful how you say this, but I've, uh, I, COVID was the best thing that happened to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my, I was doing like, okay. I was doing decent. I was fine. When COVID hit March of last year, the business went up and I love what I do, but it just, it starts to, I'm I'm not young. Like when I met you guys, I was younger. Now I'm not that, I'm not, you know, 37, 38, I'm going to be 45. And it's like, it's hard, it's hard to keep up, man. I get that. I get that. I mean, I don't literally get that, but I know what you mean. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it'll hit you one day. You'll be like, Oh shit. Like I can't do what I used to do. So it's a little humbling. So you have to have like a backup plan. You're like, okay, you have to learn how to organize yourself and, am I going to make it was the whole, I guess, emphasis in my life. Am I going to make it? And I feel like now I've made it like I've made it. Now, where do I go from here? What's the next step up? People have all these ideas for me and I'm like, I'm content right now. I'm good where I am. You've talked about your training experience and that uh, the pandemic and it's funny, the pandemic for a lot of people, I don't think there's anything wrong saying with like, it's, it was a good thing for you because a lot, it's been a good thing for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Uh, I just talked with Craig Mitchell, you know him, he started his uh, fitness business and, you know, a lot of fitness really suffered during COVID, but he was also another example of someone who was able to really capitalize on people's concern for their health. Um, I wanted to hear just a little bit about uh, your super slow training and uh, what that's about. Uh, before we get into more wrestling stuff. For sure. So the way that I train in, there's many different names to it. It's uh, called HIT high intensity training, which is such a broad term because all of it is a set. It's just a set of principles 
and it's a derivative from like super slow or maybe super slow is a derivative of hit and it's just a set of principles of um training that targeted muscle muscle to failure um within a certain amount of time 60 to 90 seconds i like to uh buddy of mine in tampa jay vincent kind of coined the phrase single set training or single set training to failure so it's just basically one set of uh maybe chest one set of shoulders one set of back one set of legs to failure within a certain time under load which would be 60 to 90 seconds um some people a little less maybe some people need to go a little bit longer but the idea is if you hit that muscle and you take it to momentary muscle failure you only need to do one set uh, i know a lot of guys in the gym they're doing three sets of 10 four sets of 12 so but where does that end if you're doing three sets of 10 and that's great and it's working, why aren't you doing four sets of 12 or five sets of 15? So it's going to be infinite. Where does that stop? So science and research uh, science and research shows you can take that muscle to momentary muscle failure in, say, 60 seconds and get the same result um, as somebody doing three sets of 10. The whole point is trying to get there efficiently. You want to get there safely. Um, just like anything in life, man, you want to do things that are going to get you there safely and effectively. So I could drive to work right now. There's a certain route I take. It's the safest route. It's the, um, and it's the most efficient route. It's going to get me there in say 12 minutes, 15 minutes. There's probably two or three other ways I can take, but they may not be safer. They may cost me more time. Um, you know, I, I may hit a train or, or, you know, there's a traffic light that's a little bit longer here. So I know my route, yeah. I'm going to get to work the safest and most efficient way that I can. Um, and that's the end goal, man. The end goal is to train to failure and you don't need to train. I see these guys training, you know, four or five, six days a week, you know, arm day, chest day I do. And I do it with my clients, usually two full body workouts a week. Uh, consisting of anywhere it could be five exercises six seven eight it's usually no more than eight um and it's effective it's time efficient um and now you have more time um to do other things in life that should be more important to you i think a lot of people i know the gym is like a bar to some people yeah. they go there to socialize they have a good time but there's becomes a point where it's detrimental to other facets of your life as well so I think a lot of people hide in the gym, you know, they say it feels good and, and, and they, you know, get to clear their head. And I'm, do, I'm not debating that there's no legitimacy to that, but that being said, I think there's other things in your life that you start to let go downhill. Yeah. If all you do is go to the gym for an hour, two hours, five days a week. Yep. So I teach the safest way. Uh, I mean, I, I'm probably the busiest trainer in Chicago at this point in time. Sounds like it. Uh, it, because of the way that I train and I try and not only instruct my clients as we go through a workout, but I want to educate you. And, it, and I appreciate them taking me on my word for it and listening to me and just doing it. Mm -hmm. But I want to educate you as we're doing it. So you know why we're doing it and not just taking me for my word. That's important. That's, that's how you, you know, definitely get buy-in. And I think the important thing you said, or one of the important things you said, you said a lot. Uh, one of the most important things you said, and, came down to time and people start to use time as a barrier for 
getting what they need to get done, whether it be in the gym or outside the gym. And if we can do this in a safe, efficient way, why wouldn't you, you know, explore it? So definitely some, uh, a lot there uh, to it. And I will need to come in for a session soon because I know I'm probably like the only one who hasn't done it with you yet. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of women out there too, brother. I'm just kidding. Come on. You know, I got to be. (laughs) <laughs> gotta be Doug. It gotta be a little bit Doug still. There's still, even though I'm older, there's still a little bit there. But yeah, I do have a lot of um, a lot of wrestlers have been training with me. Um, Ali Mustafa Ali from WWE really yeah. kicked that off. I worked with Ali all last year, mm-hmm. and um, I have a lot of females that have been on AEW recently. Yes. Um, I don't follow the wrestling scene as much as I used to. It just time, and I I don't want to say how it grew it, but. I think it passes you by to a degree. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be that bitter old guy that says, you know, back in my day, um, it has to evolve and I have to accept it. And either I can enjoy it or not. I'm kind of middle, middle ground with it. Um, But I do have a lot of lady uh, wrestlers right now that I work with. And it's awesome to to work with these girls during the week. And then on Monday night, turn on the TV or whatever. I get to see them wrestle. It's pretty cool. I still... I still pop myself every time that I see that I still get excited and and I get nervous and I get anxious. Like I'm in the ring doing it because I'm a part of their process for where, for where they're at. And I enjoy that. That's a good coach. (laughs) You should feel part of, part of it like that, that invested in it. And it makes you uh, do your job even stronger next time around. I think for sure it does. Um, I don't know if we ever talked about your beginnings in wrestling, um, but Maybe you can tell me the one wrestler, I'm sure we all have a couple, but like one wrestler who made you say, I'm going to go and do that now. And then when you were uh, able to start wrestling, what did that look like for you? Man, there's really two um, that stick in my head and one of them passed away not too long ago. Um, And I was in fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. It was the, uh, the British Bulldogs, like the dynamite kid. The dynamite kid was uh, smaller. I wasn't very big. So he was a smaller guy and he was jacked. And it was like unreal for me to see somebody this size jacked being able to fly around the ring and do a bunch of cool shit. So I, I and they had a dog. And if you're, when you're a kid, you see wrestlers walking down to the ring with a dog. Who doesn't like that shit right there? I mean, come on, there's a bulldog. You know, they play with the dog, petting it. It's, the dog's going after the bad guy. So <laughs> you, you kind of had that connection. Yeah. And then seeing Hulk Hogan. And I know people have different thoughts and feelings feelings on Hulk Hogan, but I think you should separate it. Maybe they like or dislike Terry Bollet. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I, I'm just talking about the Hulk Hogan character himself. And you yeah. see this guy, he was like a live action superhero, comic book uh, hero. Yeah. So when you see him out there and you saw him, I saw him cut his first promo on Kamala. And I was like, wow, man, like this guy is unreal. He's huge. He's jacked. And like, you could feel the charisma through the TV. Yeah. And like, I wanted to be part of that. Like, I I really wanted to be part of it. And there's so much art in the wrestling and um, athleticism. And that's what's great about the business is you combine the two. It's one of the only things you can do that really combine those two together um, at such a high level. Yes. Hell yeah, man. Uh, And then when you first got in the ring, what what did that look like for you? Uh, Like where it was and uh, any challenges when you first started? Well, the shit hurt. I didn't know it hurt that bad. <laughs> I remember uh, staying, being up at night from the, the pain of the first uh, few months of bumping, for sure. <laughs> yeah, 
Because on TV, and I mean, we're people are a little bit more in tune and aware of it now, but you know, you think that you're, you're, you're falling on a bed. That's what you thought, right? Like it's, it's, it's got a spring in it or you're going to bounce back up. Well, yeah, if you're 300 pounds and you hit anything, you're probably going to bounce, dude. It doesn't matter what you're, what you're hitting. So I remember sneaking into um, a gym in uh, Southern California in Sun Valley, uh, California. And I was going into my senior year. So I was, I was young when I was in high school at the time. Um, Cause I graduated at 17. So I was probably, I was 16 at the time. And a guy stuck me in on a, uh, snuck me in on a Sunday and it was a little bit of a drive. So I had to get the car and I had to drive up there and I'm scared, bro. Cause there's no GPS. There's no map quest. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this guy gave me directions and I'm like, and I'm nervous cause I'm navigationally challenged, even though I worked somewhat in that department in the military <laughs> And I'm shitting myself on the freeway, you know, California, we call it the freeway. So <laughs> I get in there and, you know, my dumb ass doesn't want to listen to the dude that brought me in there. And I jump and I, and I just fall back, you know, I hit my head and all kinds of, you know, <laughs> goofy, all the things that most kids want to do today, you do it the first time and you hopefully you learned your lesson. So I remember him sneaking me in there and taking my first bump. And uh, I had a lot of feelings and none of them were good ones. Uh, <laughs> so it was pretty rough, man. Um, but but I loved it. I knew I wanted to be part of it. And then, like, you go back to school, like, the next day or the next week or whatever. And they're going to clown you because they think it's so fake. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to, like, I feel like I'm trying to sell them, like, a, like a bad used car. Because I'm like, no, nah, you don't understand. No, it hurts. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, they bounce back up. How come they never have any bruises or they're never bleeding? And I'm like, dude, it, it's just different than what you think it was. So, you know, it, it, it gets that that's that perception. Right? There's a kid that likes wrestling. That's the wrestling kid. You know, yep. He thinks that shit's real. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and in my time, it was like, for you, when you were coming up, the attitude area had already passed, you know? So it was a little bit more accepted when I was in, it was a little bit more cartoonish when I was younger because you had the Iron Sheik and you had Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, you had those kind of guys. So it was a little, it wasn't as cool as when like Austin and the rock and undertaker came along, then they made it cool. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid and first started getting involved, it wasn't cool. And you want to talk about like 93, 94 were bad years for wrestling. Like, um, attendance was down, ratings were down. Um, just house show attendance was awful. Uh, the characters were awful because for the most part, everybody was a professions, you know, if you had a garbage man or if you had a, <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or whatever the gimmick was, everything was like occupational for the most part, mm-hmm. which is kind of goofy. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, that, that was that, um, it definitely opened my eyes the first bump and just getting in there and e- even hitting the ropes and feeling the ropes. Like those are cables, dude. Like that's yeah. how else do you explain that to somebody? It's cable with, the ones I was working in had, they were, um, they were actually like laminated rope, like WWE's ring, but still it's just laminated. You hit a hard rope like that back and forth enough times. It's going to leave some marks on your body that, that are going to, you know what I'm saying? Like the cops would question that shit to your parents. So they seen those marks on your body. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Those, those kind of marks. <laughs> uh, Doug, how has your, I, I, it's great that you mentioned uh, the kids clowning you. Cause I think that's probably something we 
well, us who were the wrestling kids <laughs> in in school maybe have, had all had to con- concern ourselves with at some point. Um, and me personally, wrestling was always something that once I made that decision to do it, like I kind of said, fuck it. And it became easier to say fuck it to like everything else. Like if it wasn't how life is going or how I wanted things to be like, fuck it. Uh, therefore, I kind of get gained an extra ability to kind of, you know, I don't know whether it's courage or vulnerability, whatever it is, I uh, got a, a, an added boost to, to being able to use that in life. And I'm wondering how your pursuit of wrestling uh, made it easier for you to be vulnerable or put yourself out there uh, or what that might've looked like for you. I feel you when you say that and I get where you're coming from. So I, I did have those feelings as well. Um, but it's almost like you want to be loyal to it. Like, uh, like, like everybody's got that, that drunk uncle that's a fuck up, but you think he's a cool dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, you know, uncle Mike's not a bad dude. He just fucked up all the time. Yeah. So I was like that in a way, because when I was younger, I moved schools a lot from like, um, fourth grade on, I was in a lot of different schools and, um, I never really fit in, uh, because you have, you know, your different cliques of, of kids, all the, you know, at every different school and neighborhood. And um, it, it was hard. And I, I needed wrestling because it's the one thing that was constant in my life. So I, I needed it. And I was always loyal to it because I felt like, and this is me in my own mind making this up, but like, I felt like it was there for me when I had nothing else. So we're moving schools. You go to the new school and you're the new kid. And you're going to get fucked with regardless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how big you are, if you skateboard, if you ball, it doesn't matter. So like it was a transitional period with my parents going through a divorce. Um, and like at the time, my mom was like, you know, like we didn't have money. My mom, my brother, myself, we didn't really have any money. My mom was making my own clothes. So imagine going to school, wearing some shit your mom made. Those kids knew that that didn't come from the mall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in like, I didn't think nothing of it cause it's a shirt and shorts or whatever. So like, I didn't think anything of it. Cause at that age, I didn't know nothing about name brands and stuff like that. So they would clown me. I ride my bike to school. They would clown me. They'd be like, Oh, did your mom make that shit? And in my head, I'm like, for real, she did. <laughs> she actually didn't make this up. <laughs> so it's not like they were lying on me, but yeah, I knew like, and like, I, I was so angry inside and I was so mad. Like, how can, how can they, how can my mom send me to school like this? Or why am I in this position now? Cause when my parents were together, the financial situation was different. So throughout my life, I've, I've learned about money as far as being up and being down, like having money and not. And it's been like this, my own version of the stock market. Cause I've gone up and down my whole life with or without. So I've always known what it's like to have some and have none. Um, but going through that and they basically answer your question long windedly, um, like I knew, like, if I get through this week at noon, wrestling is going to be on. And that for that hour, I'm safe. Yeah, I'm safe. Like there's nothing that could hurt me. Nothing could be bothered that could bother me, but I need to get to where these guys are. Like the Hulk Hogan's, the dynamite kids, um, you know, Bret Hart, all those guys. I need to be that because those guys, nobody fucks with those guys. Mm. They don't make fun of what they look like, what they wear, how they talk. Um, their financial situation because the they're they're live action superheroes. So I mean, who's gonna talk shit to to Hogan walking down the street? You know what I mean? That's what I thought in yeah. my head. 
or Andre the Giant? Who's going to say something to Andre? So I wanted to get to where they were. I wanted to be that guy because if I got there, then my problems are solved. Got it. So I thought, you know, so I had to get big and I, you know, I had to learn how to wrestle and, um, you know, had to learn how to uh, like sacrifice and diet or, or whatever, because I knew if I got to where they were, problems are solved. Nobody's going to mess with me. My life's going to be good. So it helped me in a way that, it gave me a goal to get to whether it was realistic or not. That's another issue, but they get, I, I'm loyal to that because they gave me a goal to get to, and they gave me security when I didn't have security. I knew that going to that, going to a school that week, Monday through Friday, wasn't going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, what are they going to say? And then you got to try and stay on your academics at the same time. Yeah. So you got to, you got to make sure your grades are good. So your mom doesn't beat your ass. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that, hey, if I get through this week, if I can just get a C, I'll be average. I'm, I'm good with being average in the classroom. I didn't want to be average outside of it. Yeah. But just there to appease everybody, I wanted to be ordinary. But outside of that, I wanted to be extraordinary. So I knew during the week, if I can make it to Saturday, wrestling's on. And then Sundays, it's going to be on at, at noon, you know, out in the where I grew up in the L.A. area. I knew once I got to that day and that time, like it, it was my drug. It was my drug. And I needed to get there because once I was on for that hour, my eyes were big. I was in front of it. Nothing else mattered. And for that hour, life was perfect. Yeah, I get you. I get you. They gave you they gave you something to shoot for. And it, it, it in pursuit of that, you're like, fuck everything else. It, it just so happens that everything I get when I get there and even the, the stuff I have to do to get there helps me have a good life. And I think that that's a that's a great definitely perspective on that question for sure. Um, next one, I was wondering, how do you well, I you still get in the ring. I don't I feel like you don't want to sometimes <laughs> and I don't, yeah. And really has that changed a lot since 2020 and all that, you know? And if so, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the question was, how do you continue to improve yourself for wrestling? It can be, I don't know. I don't know if you are continuing to wrestle or if you're not continuing to wrestle, uh, how do you continue to improve uh, one way or the other? Well, <clears throat> I haven't been in a match in about a year and a half. I want to say it was, I think it was January or February of, of 2020. Um, I don't know, man. It's kind of like uh, your body start. It'll tell you, and it's probably different for everybody, but relatively close. Um, your body will start to tell you certain things like, Hey, uh, your mind will be like, yeah, you know, let's take this bump or let's do this move. And your body is like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. It's kind of like, uh, like watching my dog right now, my dog's 12 and you see the stages of his life where he's got energy and he's jumping up around, he's being an asshole and all that other stuff. And, and it, and sometimes you love it. Sometimes you're like, man, chill, you know, you're, you're a little too much right now, but you want those days back because that's when the health was good. The mind was good. And I see him now and he's like, it's hard for him to get up the back steps when he goes outside to go to the bathroom. I have to talk him into, it's like, I have to, I have to like, use Jedi mind shit. Like if you come inside, all will be okay. You know? And I try and get him to come in and I know in his mind that he wants to do all these things for me. He doesn't want to disappoint me. And 
he's trying the best that he can, but his body's just not cooperating. And it, it's kind of like that with me in a way where I'm humbled that I do every month get a lot of guys that say, hey, man, will you wrestle me or, or will you give me a match? So I am humbled by that. And it's very enticing. It is. Um, but, you know, there's consequences to that. Mm-hmm. And your ego is like, man, all these young kids, they all want to have a match with me. So maybe I did something right all those years. Maybe I left an impression or you know, they feel like they're going to get something out of working with me, which is, I'm humbled by that. It's a great feeling. I just know if I go in there, I can't give them what they want. Mm-hmm. Or if I do, I'm going to be fucked up for a week. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my business is more important. My, and I never want to like, I don't want to get to the point where my ego gets the best of me. I get hurt. And now I'm detrimental, you know, to my wife, like where mm-hmm. she's got to pick up the slack. So, you know, when you're married, you have to, you have to think of the other person's point of view. Would she let me do it? No problem. She has no issue with it. But I know morally, if I did get hurt or something happened and I couldn't maybe provide for her or help her around the house, then I was selfish because of my ego. And then I put everything on her. And I'm at the point in my life where it's, I don't want to do that to her. So I mean, I get in the ring because I do teach. Uh, I have a few boxing clients that I teach. So I get in the ring as far as that goes. Yeah. And I mean, I just got done telling you I don't want to bump and get my ass kicked, but I'll spar a few rounds a week. Yeah. And uh, with with guys that are, you know, 15, 20 years or maybe more uh, younger than I am, I just feel like it's a little bit more controlled. I'm not landing on the back of my head. I'm just getting punched in the face. And I got headgear. So I just hope for the best on that shit. Hopefully this, uh, hopefully we still got dental paid up that month, but uh, <laughs> I, I do Roy, I do. And I miss when I was in the ring with like, you and Tony. And um, I think about that stuff all the time. I do. Um, I would like to maybe go in and do a couple more, but what's the end result? What am I going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, just one more match. Great. But as you know, and you, cause you've done it long enough, there's consequences. It just takes one thing to go wrong. Yeah. It, it could be you, it could be your opponent. It could be the rings faulty. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point in my life where I'm very happy where I am and I'm very grateful for where I am. And I'm, I think when you get older, you're more scared to screw that up, Totally, you know, because I know where I've been. I mean, I've been all the way, I, I've hit rock bottom a couple of times and I don't want to go back there. So I think I'm more conscious of how I treat my body as far as like physicality goes. So I'm humble that I get it all the time. I get it every week, once a week, at least I'll have a match with me or, or some promoter from, you know, Wisconsin or or Illinois here or or around the area. Um, Hey, I'd like you to, uh, I'd like to bring you in so you can work some of my students, which I'm very, uh, I'm grateful that they'd even consider me to do that. But I just don't think I can give them what what it is that they're looking for. No, I get it, man. I get it. I, I will say, you probably can, but I don't want you to be fucked up for the next week either. Even I mean, I think <laughs> I think I'm deceptively athletic. I still, I, I know that I can. Yeah. I just don't know if I want to do that. And you know Kelly, and I don't want to deal with Kelly. I don't <laughs> want to deal with you. <laughs> you could ask Tony about that one. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking about uh, getting back in myself. And uh, I know you got you can hang but i know you're a little older that so mm-hmm. i shouldn't be complaining but legit the other day i was sitting on the couch i did one of these guys and like everything just was like and like this this terrible like upper back pull that i was dealing with for the next day and a half and i was right. just like 
Bro, do I and want you to get in and slap my hands on the fucking ground and to take those bumps? And you wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened to you five years ago, right? Yeah, it wouldn't have happened to me five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and, and that's what it is. It's like, even with me, like if I'm seeing 10, 11, 12 clients a day, and then that day I may try, it, may, it might be my day to work out. So I'm going to try it and slide a workout in too. And I'll wake up the next day and I felt like I just did like a 60 minute match. Like I'm shuffling, I'm walking bent over yeah. and, and I wake up and, I, and I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm going to see 12 people today and get through today. So I don't want to add to it. When you get yeah. older, you, when you have problems, you don't want to add to them. You yep. should become wiser as you get older in most cases, I hope. It happens sometimes. <laughs> mm, it does. But we know going into it that, you know, this might not go well. Yep. But we're going to do that shit anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, so, you know, the podcast was formerly Main Event Man. Now it's Main Event Mindset. And I still have a great uh, passion for dealing with men's issues. I think the topic of friendship uh, is typically a thing for guys. A lot of time guys don't have uh, I, I know we have wrestling and therefore we made a lot of friends in wrestling and probably have a lot of guys that we're close to, uh, or at least, you know, a few, a, a little tight knit group, at least, um, what has friendship and wrestling been like for you, uh, in general? And like, what's the importance that that friendship has brought to your life? Man, it, I think there's, um, there's two versions of that. And the one just started maybe a couple of years ago there's while you're in the business and then there's when you're out of the business mm -hmm. and there's a pretty distinct difference between the two of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, like I I've, I've met some really cool people and you've met, and you'll meet some really cool shady people in this business too. <laughs> um, some people you never thought existed until you got into this and, and you, you, you're just astonished that these are real human beings too. <laughs> Um, but the friends that I've made today or made through wrestling, the ones that I've really, and I'm not discounting, I don't want anybody to see this and think, oh, I thought we were cool. It's not that, and we are cool, but it's like the friendship that I made with like you, uh, Tony, uh, Kevin Quinn, uh, those are like real relationships that at its core has nothing to do with wrestling, but came because of wrestling. Yeah. You know, like you, you, me, Tony and Kevin can get together, have dinner like we just talked about a little while ago. And wrestling won't, probably won't even come up at all, really. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and now there's a version where um, over the last year, I, I get I've got like the uh, the Uncle Doug moniker where I've met some cool kids that I don't need to get in the ring because I'm taking at some young kid spot that's trying to go further than I did. And I don't want to take that spot up just because of my ego or just because 40 of my friends and family are to come cheer for me. It, it, I don't, I don't, I never wanted to be that guy when I got older. And when I was first year or two in, I always said, when I got a chance and I was at the level or in the position to help people out, I'm going to do it. So I've have like a lot of like wrestling nieces and nephews now that I help guide them through, um, you know, like, should I try and get booked here? Should I try and, um, should I work this person or what should I do with, with these eight by tens or how should I do my Instagram? So I've got those friends like, like you, Tony, uh, Kevin, and, and a handful of others that have come along the way. But then I've also got this younger generation that I've really gravitated to or vice versa. 
uh, because of the strength training. Mm-hmm. And just because like, I'm here to help, I don't have an agenda or an angle because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere with this anymore. So I'm just here trying to help these kids out. If I see that like, they'll have me, they'll send me their match. I'll watch their match. I'll tell them what was good. What was bad. Um, if they have advice about doing certain things in wrestling, I, I, I will listen and I'll give you my feedback. It's you can take from it what you, what works for you filter, filter my, my analysis of, of your question. So it has helped with the friends that I have that we have lifelong friends, but then I'm also part of these other ones. And they're maybe too young to be like my friends, how we are, but they're still a part of my life at a different level, like a wrestling niece and nephew that, I, I'm helping guide them through, you know, their, their little path through, through this wrestling business. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. Um, and you've been a friend to me. You've also been a coach and mentor to me uh, in the business. Uh, and I think, man, it's like, there's a lot of layers to it for sure. Um, no especially at, at your, uh, I, it's, that's, I, I feel like I'm an adopted nephew son brother grandson <laughs> all, all in <laughs> one with you sometimes um and uh, you certainly played that role for me uh right now you play that role for me i, I could be in the group of friends and of the uh, younger like wrestlers <laughs> as well um you know everyone there or rather no one has anything like but good things to say about you and that, that's how you know those folks have gravitated towards you and you do you give great advice and you do good work with the people that you work with. So uh, I, I don't think it's uh, uh, any, any mystery, um, you know, how you've gotten to the point that you're, you are with these people and, you know, getting to uh, you know, you get the benefits of seeing them grow and that, that gives you something and you get to give them something. Uh, and it's a, definitely a beautiful exchange and a lot better than <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, wrestling stories go as far as uh, friendships is concerned. You know, you have to be honest with yourself and I'm completely honest with myself, uh, maybe uh, too much so openly about it where I've made some horrible mistakes with some serious consequences in my life. Um, and I, I've shit the bed doing many things. And I've, I've really been trying to, you know, the thing about life is, you know, you can't, it's, um, uh, you can't go back and fix anything and you have to understand that you can't go back and fix anything, but you can make what's about to happen next better. And I used to dwell on some of those mistakes I made, um, you know, as a father, as a husband, I made some horrible decisions and, and I own those decisions and they've had some consequences that are probably last the rest of my life. And once you are okay with that, and I don't think you're ever 100% okay with it, but once you understand that you made a mistake and you've affected other people's lives and you may never have this, these relationships uh, with these people ever again, you almost have to start over and reinvent yourself. And I had to reinvent myself as being somebody who was selfish or self-centered and say, you know what? I don't want to be that person. I'm going to deviate. And I'm going to flip it. And I'm going to be somebody else. So I would say probably around the time that I met my, my wife and my, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law and my niece and nephews you know, 12 years ago is when I started to reinvent myself and say, 
know, I made horrible mistakes. Um, most of them have been either fixed or maybe there's just been enough time has elapsed to where it's a wash, but I've paid my dues in life. And that's what helped me in the wrestling business because there's nothing in that wrestling ring that's going to hurt me more than I've, what I've done to myself and other people. Mm. So, I mean, you could hit me with a chair. I could take a shitty bump in a shitty ring. And that pain is almost, it almost feels good because you would rather take that pain versus the pain that you brought into your life or other people's lives. And I 100% admit that I've made some really bad personal decisions. Um, and I'm, I'm still on that path to try to help others. So they don't make those decisions and try and be there for as many people as I can. And it becomes a little arduous sometimes um, with the amount of people that I, I do try and help. And maybe I'm trying to overshoot, but it's just, you're never going to be able to hit pause, rewind, delete that, and then come back to where you are. It's, it's done. It's, it's set. It's, it's in the cloud, dude. It's not coming. You're not going to be able to fix that shit. Yeah. So I want to see these other guys and girls um, do better. And when I talk to them, they ask me about wrestling. I will also talk to them about their personal lives. And I sound like a really bad preacher right now, like a religious guy. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm an atheist. So I'm neither one, but I try and give them that guidance. Like I, we have a few of them, Kelly and I will have a few of them, uh, over for dinner or, um, or talk to them or if they need help with anything, I, I, I have enough resources generally to help them out. And I've kept enough good contacts with people in wrestling that haven't burned bridges that I'm aware of um, to help them out. And you know, I've missed out on many opportunities in my life because of the decisions that I made. And all I want to do now is see uh, my, my, my nieces and nephews all do well and, and guide them with whatever help they have. And my, my wrestling nieces and nephews, I want to see them be great wrestlers, but I want to see them be better people yeah. because that's what's going to last longer than wrestling. 100%. 100%. One more question uh, before we get out of here. If you had any words to say to, um, let's take wrestling out of it. And of course, wrestlers have fallen into this category, but someone who has a dream or a goal and they've not taken action towards it or they're hesitant on taking action towards it, what would you say to help them, uh, to push them forward a bit, give them a little nudge or motivation? Man, if if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. Um, your dreams to scare the shit out of you. Yeah. But that's the reason why they're dreams. You know, they, they seem unattainable, but if you don't go forward, if you sit still, everything's going to keep moving around you there. The life's going to keep going. Nature keeps going. Time keeps going. Nothing stops for anyone, man. So if you don't make the attempt, reach out, um, do some research, what, what, whatever your goals are, your dreams are, as long as they're not like fucking obscene or just ridiculous. <laughs> um, as long as there's something like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a lawyer or, or, or whatever. I want to be a pro athlete research that. Um, but I think the underlining thing is if you're not okay with yourself, if you're not happy or, um, if you don't love yourself, or have respect for yourself, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go anywhere, man. You're not gonna go anywhere. It just isn't gonna work. Um, so you have to research that, but you have to research yourself, man. You just can't, yeah. 
You know, I, I, I want to get in the wrestling business. What do I do? And the wrestling business will exploit you, man. It could, you can be an asshole. You get in the wrestling business can make you a bigger asshole. You can have yeah. pill or alcohol issues or drug issues. You're going to have bigger alcohol pill issues. I've been there with all those. I know it. So you just have to, if you don't trust yourself, if you don't, I know it's corny. If you don't believe in yourself, and that's a hard thing to do. It's really easy to say, man, you got this, believe in yourself, but you have to be always okay with yourself as a person before you can do anything else. Yeah. If you're not okay with who you are, then it's impossible to move forward. It's because your soul is going to be stuck way back, way back there. Yes. And it, it, it'll just be, it'll just be a physical frame going forward, man, while your soul is even, it's not even connected. So I mean, th there is that dude. And there's, there are beautiful people in this wrestling business. Um, there are good people. And just like in any facet of life, it, all it takes is one, you know, one shithead. And that, now the whole group, no matter what that professional group of people is, it takes one. And now we're going to label all of them that way. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's so sad. And you've seen it over the last year and a half, man, on, on every side or, or whatever. It's unfortunate that we're so close-minded, man. Yeah. Um, we need to worry about, especially what we've seen over the last year and a half, just with viruses and society, we need to like love each other, man. And, and really try and help each other because dude, we don't know how, you know, like, you know, Tony, Kevin, like some people don't know some of the shit that I've gone through again, self-induced, but some days waking up was hard, man, or, or trying to make it through the day was hard or trying to, you know, I didn't love myself until recently, man. Until very recently, that was I okay with everything that I've done. Yeah. Um, I am now. I've learned to accept it and move forward. But it took 45 years, man. It took a long time. And I don't want to see a lot of these guys and girls that I work with not be okay with themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that, dude. Like, I know your story very well, probably more than uh, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast. I, I know what you've given up. Yeah. I know where you could be right now. But who knows where the, who knows how that would you know play it out or end it too yeah you know what i mean so same thing with tony it, it just we found each other in that time of our lives where i guess we were a little bit more free um didn't care as much mm -hmm. uh, we were just happy to just do whatever but then it's funny cuz as time goes on things start to get like a little bit more serious and we become a little bit more concerned with our future and what's going to happen with that so Man, dreams are, are are good, but if you're not good with yourself, then they're they're always just going to be dreams, man. Um, and again, dude, I know you're you're going to close this out. Thank God you didn't pay me by the minute, um, <laughs> because I'm waiting for that cell payment, brother. But uh, <laughs> I'm so happy, dude. And and I'm just gonna I'm gonna end it this way. You can end it how you want to. I'm gonna I'm 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 the vet, so I'm gonna give you the finish. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's surreal when I open my iPad and again, I'm kind of detached from wrestling, but if you look at my podcast, they're all wrestling podcasts. Yeah. And it's usually like old shit from the eighties and nineties or whatever. And there's always one icon or avatar, whatever they call this shit. I'm not tech savvy. <laughs> I always see one dude's face when I go to my, my podcast button and it's yours. And I'm like <laughs> this motherfucker right here. Like I'm still seeing, no matter where I'm at, I'm in the bathroom in the morning taking a shit. Roy Gordon's on my fucking <laughs> iPad. You know what I mean? So, hey, man, I am so proud of you, dude. I am so, so, I, you've always, I've always known you're a good person. 
And I remember the first time we practiced uh, practiced together, and I, and I gave you a ride to the train stop because you didn't yeah. have a car at the time. Remember yeah. that? I think it was to, to the Metro over in Elma Park. Yep. And I, I've seen you grow, and this is what I love. Like I'm almost like the Godfather in a way because I've I've got to be part of so many people's like beginnings in this, and I've got to watch so many people grow. And I'm glad that everybody's seeing you now that I've already known for years. Um, I've known what you sacrificed. I know the family situation, um, the work life. I know all that, but it's just surreal to me to see your face come up as a podcast and for you to not give up and keep doing it. And you know, I, I'm supporting anything you need from this. I'm, I, I'm always there for you. You need anything. I'll make sure you get it. I, I want to see you go as far as you can. Tony, I want to see Tony go as far as he can, man. I, I want to see you two guys just go get it because I remember where you guys were from the beginning. And I saw the potential in you. And that's why I begged Kevin Quinn to get back into wrestling. Yeah. So I saw what you guys had and I saw, I knew that I could only get you so far and Kevin could do the rest and he did. Um, but I'm just, I'm so proud of where you are uh, and, you know, being the uncle and the son and all that stuff, man. So um, I'm just, I can't tell you how proud I am, dude. I'm just, I, I love you, man. I do. Thank you. I love you too, Doug. And I love what you've done for me and Tony and every other young boy and girl that comes up underneath you with your guidance. And uh, I can't wait to see what they do. And I thank you for the belief in me and thank you for your time today. And um, I hope we'll get you on the podcast again in the future. I'll be back and about touching those boys and kids. They were all over 18. All right. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for my interview with Doug Simmons. Again, one of the best friends I've had in wrestling and more than that, a role model, truly uh, someone I look up to very much and definitely, definitely want a life like his. It's, it's fun to do these interviews a lot because we're talking wrestling, we're talking life, talking mindset, but also just getting to connect with another guy, hearing stories that I never heard before. And I thank Doug for sharing those stories with me. I'll be back at you next week with another solo episode. So please, please tune in. If you enjoyed this one, give it a like, give it a review, give it a rating, whatever platform you are on. All that helps. As always, thanks for listening. Talk soon.